Fred Kenley, Doctor Who fan and attitude guru. Dive into an inspiring chat with Fred Kenley, a Doctor Who lover and author of the With an Attitude series. Discover the power of attitude in success, health, and relationship, why music is a universal language, and the hidden value of our treasured seniors. Don't miss out. Like, share, subscribe for more. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Let me share with you a little bit about our guest today. Fred Kenley, aged 78, is an accomplished professional with a diverse background. A graduate of Texas Western College, he began his career as a musician and recording artist for 25 years. He then transitioned into business ownership before spending over two decades at a major Dallas corporation, where he specialized in Six Sigma ethics and safety training. A certified Six Sigma expert, Fred is also a successful keynote speaker, singer and entertainer, and author of four books available on Amazon. He conducts seminars for a variety of entities in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Please help me welcome Mr. Fred. Hi, Fred. April, it's an honor to be here on your show. This is great. I love the title of your show, The Wellness Driven Life Show. It just tells exactly what you do, what you're about, and you are a gracious host. You have a great smile, and you, uh, you've already made me feel comfortable. Oh, thank you so much for that, Fred. Well, it's truly an honor to have you on the show. I'm excited to share a little bit more about you, all of the things that you have done and brought to the world throughout your time. Now, let's start by sharing a little bit more about you. Okay, well, let's see. Um, I I love being around people. I love uh, 
chatting with them. I love finding out where they came from, what they do. And early on in life, I always wanted, I always wanted to be a musician, okay? Uh, for, since I was a little, I don't know, 9, 10, 11 years old, I always wanted to be a musician. And throughout that, I became a musician and an entertainer for about 25 years and played all over the place. Ended up in Chicago for a couple of years. We did some recording up there. And in it, I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas. And uh, when we came back from Chicago with the band I had, we became a house band for over 13 years at a, at a wonderful club called the Knights Club. It's Roadway Inn. And we were there for 13 years. And I love music because it's, music is the international language and you're able to touch people everywhere mm. with different songs and different you know, music. So I love being in music. But I also found out I love trying to just talk to people, getting in front of people and, and sharing with what I've learned through a whole bunch of mistakes and life and just in general. And I kind of hit on, uh, I went to a couple of seminars that were, Zig Ziglar was speaking and a big show. There was a, a big coliseums and stuff. And he would be one of the guests on the on this whole one or two days of nothing but great mentors and, and attitude people. And this guy, Zig Ziglar, just impressed me from when I was early on. And I thought, wow, that's something I'd want to do. So for a long, long time, I kind of just always wanted to do that. And after I retired from uh, Texas Instruments and Raytheon, I really delved into trying to become an, an actual speaker. And it was very successful at writing my first book called Success with an Attitude, which was uh, graciously uh, endorsed and the forward was written by Tom Ziegler. And then I wrote another one called Health with an Attitude, which I love doing. It's just, it's great. It's just, it's all about attitude. And I just finished one last year called Leadership with an Attitude. This year, I'm working on one called Faith with an Attitude. So I, I just love sharing it. I, I just love sharing about how important a person's attitude is towards everything they do. I don't care what it is. It can be finances, relationships, fixing a car. It doesn't matter. Your attitude plays an important part in it. So I love take that. it back on there. It, it is wonderful. You're, you're correct. Attitude does play a part. It's similar to mindset, to perception, but that attitude response makes all the difference. And how we respond to things is the outcome of whatever happens, isn't it? So I think it's incredible. I love your background, Fred, that you really had it stemmed from music and how that is something that connects all of us on this soul, spiritual aspect. It is such a moving aspect that we have as a human species. And I love it too. I love to dance. I love to listen to music and you being a musician know that very, very well. And you talked about how, when you first saw someone speaking on stage, how that really inspired you, influenced you into, I want to do that too. I want to lead. I want to inspire. I want to share a message that is really going to be so impactful to others around the world. So let's talk a little bit about some of your topics in your books. Obviously, we have attitude as the main theme, but let's dive into each subject just a little bit deeper. What? Let's go into your first book that you had. And I think that was, was that success with an attitude? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Success with an attitude. So let's, that, let's that, talk about that. That was kind of amazing because that was the kickstart of, of this attitude 
series that I started on. And I was, this is kind of strange because I'm going to a, uh, one of these fast food restaurants and I'm at the drive through window and I'm talking to the little box over by the side. And I was trying to tell the, the kid inside my order and he's going like, you know, you can't understand him anyway. And so I, I thought, you know, I hope he gets the order right. I drive up to the window and I get my food and I drive and I looked over, I drove over to the side and I opened up and it was all wrong. And I sat there and said, oh, man, what is wrong with these kids? They're just not paying attention. What is wrong? They're just blah, blah. And I was saying all the wrong things. God touched me on the shoulder and he says, hey, why don't you do something about it? <laughs> me? What do I, what can I do? And he said, well, you're always about attitude. You're always about encouraging people to have a better attitude. Why don't you do something? So what that turned into, I thought, you know, these kids are really good kids. They're just not taught how to say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. They're not taught how to pay attention, be polite. Mm. And they're just not taught it at home. And they're definitely wouldn't, it's not being taught at schools or in college or anything anywhere else. It's not taught. Yeah. It's not indwelled in some of their, their character. Oh, I thought, okay. So I sat down and said, what could I write about? What could I do? What could I put together? And I started writing down a bunch of notes and it came out to 10 basic people skills. Just 10 skills. That's what the book's all about. And when I, like I said, Zig Ziglar was one of my mentors. I'm going to put this in here because I, I love that. And I, I listened to his tapes. I went to every seminar I could go to that was locally here in the Dallas area. And I, I love listening to him and reading his books. And I got lucky enough because I found out that Zig Ziglar's office was here in Dallas. I said, oh, wow. So I thought, I need some advice about writing a book so he could help me. So I, I called in this beautiful, wonderful lady called Lori Magers, who was his assistant uh, secretary for, gosh, 30 some odd years. And now she's Tom's secretary, Tom Ziglar's secretary. And she was so gracious. She said, well, Ziggler's kind of busy. Zig's kind of busy, but his right-hand man, Brian Flanagan, would, you know, maybe you could get an audience with him. So she invited me up, got set up an interview with him, and here I am meeting the Ziggler family. So I got connected to that. And every Monday morning, if you want your guests want to go to it, Zig Ziggler started 30 years ago a Monday morning devotion for his, his staff. It's from 7.30 to 8 every Monday morning. It's Zoom conference. Anybody's invited. And it's the most wonderful bunch of people and inspiring people you ever want to meet. I went to Tom and I says, what do I need? How can I do this? He says, well, just pick, take those 10 topics and put them in a book and, you know, just break it out into sections. So I started that and then God helped me. And it just flowed out. And so I started doing some uh speaking engagements at high schools, a couple of colleges. And then that seminar turned in actually to the book. And Tom wrote the forward for me. And it was the beginning of the Attitude Series. And I started doing this at a lot of places, assisted living homes. And I found an audience there. These seniors are priceless. I, I call them my treasured seniors. I'm 78. I'm right in their area. But, you know, I, I just love these folks to pieces. And I started doing, I started noticing their attitude about health. A lot of them, because mm. that was my second book. So I'll just yeah. roll into that. And I 
uh, you know. Well, let's uh, let me stop you real quick, Fred. Hold on. Yeah. I want to I want to touch a little bit more on that first book with success because I heard okay. a few things, and what I heard from you, it you know, stemming from these kids nowadays, and it's so interesting the way that we feel about the younger generations as we begin to get older because we have already gone through so much we've experienced mm -hmm. a lot and so we have gained wisdom based on those experiences at least for the majority of us and so then it's so easy to go back and say something and and like you said i was saying all the wrong things and god said well maybe we should think about this differently what can you do? And so I think that that is really cool and inspiring that we can shift our perception and change our attitudes and start thinking about, well, what can I do? And I think that a lot of it really stems from making those changes within ourselves first. And I wanted to highlight a little bit more about your experience with the Zigglers and how incredible that was for you. And I think that the message is just that if you don't ask, then you'll never receive. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's a key point because if uh, Mark Victor Hansen, who uh, was one of the authors for Chicken Soup for the Soul, if, if you probably read either one or several of their books, uh, but him and his wife wrote a book called Ask, just A-S-K. And it really dwells on that whole same theme. If you don't ask, then the answer is going to be no. It's no anyway. So I found that you need to ask people. You need to get in with people. Don't be afraid to, to, to be turned down because you'll find that you can ask a whole lot of people for things and the answer is going to be no, but you'll find those one jewels, those one gem that says, oh, yeah, here's what you need to do. Or here's here's a solution for that. Or here's a direction you can take. And uh, like, like a, you know, on the success with an attitude, just lay it out, 10 basic people skills. The first one is just to smile. Just a smile. And that's what just, and kids nowadays, a lot of them, they're not taught how, and they, they get so busy with the mechanics and, the cell phones and all of this stuff is like, oh, me. I think Put we're all easily, yeah, we're all easily distracted, but you're right. Mm -hmm. And a smile so, is so contagious. It, it is a, it's a game changer because you can, if uh, anybody in sales or anybody that's doing anything, 
people come up to you and the first thing you need to do is look at them and smile no matter who they are it doesn't matter smile just look at them and smile and then the next thing is say hi and it, all of a sudden even if they're in a bad mood they'll look at you and if you say hi and smile at them they will stop what they're doing and look at you and say oh oh yeah hi and it changes changes their whole direction and then 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 one of the other skills of which i have to work on daily is listening listening just like the kid at the drive through he was listening halfway mm. not really paying attention when you just did a key thing right there see all i'm talking i'm talking about something you're looking and you're engaging you're you're agreeing you're shaking your head you're acknowledging you're you're part of the conversation and that's all it takes and it takes your attention into that person and you you can understand what they're trying to drive at and then you're able to ask questions or answer questions a lot better the next one is like uh, one is about dress codes and i know you know when i was going we were in the music music business and you know long hair was pretty good for musicians back then but it wasn't for anybody else beetle boots were in and all this kind of stuff and and i don't mind everybody has a you know general even you go way back in the Marlon Brando stuff and you had to have the motorcycle jacket on. Oh boy, that was it. Every generation has their own dress codes. They all need things to do. But I tell a lot of these kids and stuff, that's fine if you go into a party or a football game or something. But if you're going in for a business interview for a job, look your best because you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And so I tell these people, it's so important. And then by the way, Fred. By the way, I love the way that you show up. You you look great. You have a beautiful background. I love the pictures of the sailboats in the background. I love, I love long, tall. I'll, I'll tell you a story about the tall sailing ships because it's part of what my leadership thing is. So, yeah. But thank you and for that. I appreciate that. You're welcome. And but you're right. It's definitely how you show up and, and it paints a picture. It's a first impression, and I think that is that is a big thing. You. You can't take back those first impressions. No. It's very, very, very rare that you can make a second first impression. It's, it's, right. it's almost <laughs> impossible. It's done, but yeah. you can. You have to work at it. Yeah. yeah, and I wanted to go back a little bit too because you talked about listening. And for me, Fred, it makes me think of uh, seek first to understand before uh, being understood. And so that was from one of my favorite authors, but it is a very, yes, yes, Stephen Covey, the seven habits of highly effective people. But it's through these people who have been, and yourself included, writing these messages within the works is so pertinent to understanding how we can show up. But it's all things like going back to anyone from the younger teenage years, but we have to be taught these things. We have to be taught that it's important to listen, to seek first, to understand, and how we present ourselves and how impactful that is to any given situation. Exactly, exactly. I, it, uh, an interesting thing was working at, uh, like I said, at PI and Raytheon, we, we had a lot of PhDs that worked and that, and they were they were genius level people. My gosh, they were brilliant, but they were brilliant here. They were brilliant focused here, 
And several, many, many years ago, there was a lot of layoffs going on. And a lot of these guys, they just didn't have room for me. They had to get laid off. And so there's a whole bevy of brilliant people out there with some super skills. They were having a hard time finding a job. Mm, and sounds like maybe was, current times just a little bit, possibly. Right, could be. And what I found out was a lot of these, and they would ask me that knew me, they said, Fred, what, what do I need to do? I have all these skills. And I said, yeah, but what they're looking for is there's a whole bunch of you out there with exactly the same genius type necessary skills. But now they're looking for that niche. How do you handle customers? How is your customer relationship? How do you deal with people? And that's the skills that they didn't have. They were mm. very focused on what they did, but they didn't have those basic, simple people skills. They were very driven. Give me a project. I'm going to do it. I'm a scientist or I'm an engineer. I'm a whatever. I'm a high tech a IT person. I can get this done. But when a customer would come in and say, hey, you know, this, that or the other, they didn't know how to really deal with them eloquently. They yeah. didn't have that set of skills. So when they started figuring that out, they started learning, OK, I need to. I need to pick up those kind of skills. And it, and it made a great sense to several of them and they were able to get a job. Yeah. Yeah. It, you, you have to have those skills. And a lot of it too, is that emotional intelligence. Sometimes that's more important than intelligence itself. So let's talk a little bit. Let's go back into health and attitude and health and how do they correlate? How do they complement one another? Oh, gee, it's real simple. The simple commodity is that when you're feeling depressed, when you're down and your body responds to those feelings and a lot of your, your, your thyroid, all these chemicals that your body runs all the fuel, the hormones that really build your, all of these things that, that cell regeneration, all of these things, when you're in a depressed mood, it can hurt your immune system for up to 24 hours. If you get angry, that hurts your immune system. When you're I wonder what when would you're happen if you, I wonder what would happen if you continued in those feelings for longer oh, well, than 24 it, hours. It, it, the older you get, the more it shows. Yeah. It, you, you, your body deteriorates on a on a natural downward spiral. I would there was a real big huge hospital here on Harry Hides. And uh, I would go there on uh, Friday mornings early seven o'clock in the morning and every morning there would be a a, a renowned uh, nationwide oncologist cancer specialist would give this great lecture on cancer i would take my notebook and i'd write down all the notes and i'd have oh didn't understand a word they said but the main reason i went was to ask every one of them male or female doctors how important was their patient's attitude in delivering cancer, in, in successful in cancer patients. And mm. every one of them, male or female, would say, my patients that have a good and better attitude respond better and more completely to radiation treatment, chemotherapy. They heal faster, quicker, and better, and more completely than those patients with a negative attitude. That is very profound. And so then you incorporated that information, what you learned into this book that you created. 
correct. And the basic thing is, you know, it's my main mantra is change your attitude, you'll change your life. And the caveat of that is if you change it through a bad attitude, it'll change your life. Yeah. If you change it to a good, positive attitude, it'll make it better. One of Zig's favorite sayings that I love to use is, you know, having a positive attitude won't allow you to do everything in life, but it will allow you to do everything better than a negative attitude. Yeah. And that, that's amazing because when you're laughing and in a good mood, you know, there's several uh, melatonin, serotonin, all, all kinds of chemicals start getting released in your body. And so I tell these people that it, when I go to these assisted living homes, you can you can spot almost immediately those with a good attitude, those with a negative attitude. It doesn't take mm-hmm. you long. Just talk to them for a few seconds. And yeah. so I try to encourage them. When you wake up, every day is not a, not a walk in the park. You know, I get up, I'm 78, and think my body doesn't work like it did when I was 20 and 25 and 30 and 40. And you get, oh, this. So you got to look in the mirror and you say, you know what? It's going to be better. It's going to be a great day. I don't care what I feel like now. You've got to start changing your attitude. And I tell people, I says, I'm here to motivate you today. I'm here to encourage you today and inspire you to say positive affirm- affirmations. But I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I'm not going to be here next week, next month, and probably next year. It's going to be up to you to be your own cheerleader. And the only way you can do that is to change your attitude. And it, it's not easy sometimes. I talk about, yeah. see, I was stricken 30 some odd years ago with a very deliberate, uh, debilitating case of rheumatoid arthritis. And they painted a horrible picture for me. They said I was going to be all messed up. And within a couple of years, I was going to be all probably have hip replacements and oh boy and they, I said no it's not I said I'll do whatever you want me to do I'll, I'll take medication I'll exercise but I'm going to fight it with this and my attitude and so I would get up and I'd be sore and swollen or something I'd say no it's going away my body's going to work all of these chemicals are going to go in here that God's given me 2,000 years ago he said by your stripes you are healed period and I, mm. I would say these things out loud all the time I care what you know. I have had no hip replacements. I walk the dogs. My wife has a honeydew list, forty-seven miles long, and we we do everything. We paint the house. We, uh, you know, we got a garden. We trim trees. We're busy, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be if I let this arthritis take over my body. Right. You know what I love about what you're saying about how you're moving your body physically? And they've done some extensive studies on it, on how we really can maintain our physical agility as we continue to age. And like you said, you've got this honeydew list stretched further than the eyes can see, which I think is so funny. I love that you have a wonderful sense of humor. I think that is also a key to longevity is humor. But what I hear from you, Fred, is that you do things like outdoor work where you're tending to the garden and you're doing all of the things, maybe walking up steps and going for walks, walking the dog, but you're you're doing some really light, normal activity to really help maintain that physical agility. Yeah, it is. Yeah, movement is is paramount. I don't care what kind of movement it is. Movement is paramount to your health. It it keeps things. It means keeps your joints moving. It's 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 just and it 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 also helps your attitude. When you're starting to walk and you start moving along, all of a sudden you start your your perception. You talked earlier about perception, how important it is. 
you, you start, you know, and when you get outside, you notice maybe the birds or the trees, or, I don't know, everything. You, things start coming at you that are not watching the news, something that depress you, all of this, the bad thing, or how bad you feel. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you, your attitude is opened up. It just, it's like taking a deep breath of fresh air. So you know, like Fred, singing in the rain. That's something that I want to ask you a little bit more about because you have this extensive knowledge on attitude. And so what are some of the ways that we can, you know, tap into that and really make that shift into a different attitude, a different perception? Do you have any tips and tricks for us? The, the, main, the main trick is positive affirmations. Saying them out loud. If you're having problems in your finances, you got to pick up your wallet and say, "Hey, this is going to get better. I'm, I'm going to find solutions. I'm going to find solutions on how to create more wealth, how to ask for a raise, get the courage to ask for it, how to look for a better job. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to find a way. There's going to be a way to, to help solve my my finances. I'm um, relationship problems. Anything of that? It, it, hey, I'm going to find a way to be a better person, a better husband, a better boyfriend, a better I'm a better employee. And all of these things stem from how you approach it here. And if you're saying, oh, I'm never going to get out of debt. I'm never going to get well. Things are going to get worse. Or you, that famous one, well, the things were going pretty good for a while. I knew something was going to happen. I just know that other shoe is going to drop, going to fall all apart. The solutions aren't easy to find. You know, 10% is 10% of what happens to you and 90% how, how you react to it. And 10% of the time, something's always happening to you. Something's going on. This world is not fair. Nobody said it was going to be fair. God didn't say we wouldn't have tribulations. He just didn't say you had to have misery along with it. He gave I really like that you bring that. Yeah, I love that you bring that up, Fred, because you're right. Life is not easy. And so I, I love your perception on that and the fact that you bring it up because nobody gets out of that aspect of life. It doesn't matter where we're coming from, where our background is, all of the wealth and health that we could possibly obtain in life, things still happen. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's up. You, uh, you can approach life all any different way you want to, but the best way to do it is just to you will find better solutions when you're in a positive state of mind. When you're all angry or mad or just, you know, destroyed about whatever issue has come on, you're like, help. I could have 30 some odd years ago said, oh my gosh, I better just, I'm done. What am I going to do? This is it. No, I got my, I, I put on my battle gear. I said, no, it's not going to do that. So every time I have, you know, I had the face with some swelling. It's still, I'll wake up and it's swelling or shoulder or my wrist or it, it's there. But I start talking to it. If my knee is swelling up, I look at my knee and I said, this knee is going to get better. And what that does is it, uh, it focuses all of the, the, all the healing power that you have in your body to that, that area. Anybody, I tell everybody, anybody had a broken arm or a broken bone? Yeah, the doctor puts it in a cast. But he doesn't heal that. Your body has healing powers in it. And if you focus it, then those healing powers go. Your mind is a powerful, powerful tool. It's a powerful tool. Yeah. I, you are very, very wise. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
with the audience because that truly, Fred, is the, the ultimate message that I love to push out is that our bodies are so much more powerful than we can comprehend. That's true. You, 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 the mind is, if you fill your mind with a bunch of garbage and, and bad news, and I do tell a lot of people, you know, I tell my seniors, says, how many of y'all watch the news? And oh, yeah. I tell them, don't. And I, I tell, you know, there's so much thing going on. You need to be informed. Don't get me wrong. Especially if you live in Texas, it's the weather. It's, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> but stay informed. But don't let the things that are out there, you, can, you can't change. There's nothing you can do about it. Don't let yeah. them change your perspective about your life, what you are doing, what your family's going through. Don't allow that to, you know, to defeat you because it will. And so if you, if you let that get into your body and into your mind, it's hard to pull yourself up out of that. Boy, I tell you what, if I walk from the study in through the living room and into the kitchen, and the TV's on and the news on, I don't get halfway through the living room where I'm already ticked off. It, it doesn't take that long for you to think, what? Oh, no, don't tell me that. So your attitude to fight that is paramount. And I guarantee you, you'll have better solutions. If you have a problem or issue, you'll have much better solutions. If you just pull yourself up out of that funky mood and get a better attitude going by just saying positive attitude, you know, positive affirmations, whatever your issue is, I don't care what it is. Can you give me an example of one of your favorite affirmations that you tell yourself on a consistent basis? Oh, I, I get up in the morning. First thing I do is I look in the mirror and say, good looking, good morning, you good looking devil. You're going to have <laughs> a fantastic day. And you know what? It, it's That's your mind and the fact that, you know, it's going to be a positive day. I'm not going to face this day alone. I got God as my, as my God and Lord Jesus is my savior. I got, you know what? It's going to be a great day. And that allows me right off the bat to just whatever issues come up. I don't care if I leave that, that mirror and I go here and something's going on. You know, there's a bill due, there's this due, something happens. I don't know. Computer dies, anything. All of a sudden you say, ah, oh. the media, you say, okay, what do we need to do to fix this problem? So you start talking to yourself. I need to get a better attitude. What are the steps I need to take? Come on, let's write a list out. Let's do things positive. Those are the things that would help you get through a difficult area and start finding solutions, including say, I don't know the answer. Who can I ask? And I love that self-talk that you just look at yourself in the mirror and it's so much self-love when we can talk to ourselves that way and say, hey, good looking as we look in the mirror. And so I think that's a really great way to start your day first off and to smile and to say wonderful things to yourself because we're our own worst critics. We say the yeah, most exactly. awful for ourselves and it's very unfortunate. We have to go through our lives really learning how to love ourselves because life is difficult and it's easy to to attack ourselves we're the easy easiest target because our minds are always thinking right so right, thank exactly. you for sharing that in the mirror 
And now, Fred, I'm, I'm curious too, because now you have also written a third book about leadership and attitude with leadership. How does that tie in to all of these things as well? Well, leadership is something, you know, they, they think, oh, the key, it, right on the cover of my book, is says, busting the myth about leadership. Because everybody, I ask everybody, and I say, well, okay, what, what do you think leadership is? Say, well, it's either a boss or a CEO or, you know, a supervisor or things like that. And I said, no, you don't have to be the boss to be a leader. You know, I, I started out, my, I was an electrician, I'm a journeyman electrician. Yeah, I dug ditches and I pulled wire and laid conduit and I've done that. But yeah, I've been in construction most of my life, including TI and Raytheon. I started there as, as electrician in maintenance and, and facilities. And what I found is a lot of the guys there, they just figure, oh, well, this is me. I'll, I'll just come here, do my job and everything. I said, oh, man, that's, you can be the best electrician you can be. And I look at, I worked alongside of, uh, you know, just good cleaning crews. They took care of the building and stuff like that. They're janitors. And they say, oh, I'm just a janitor. No, you're not, man. You're a key effort. You're a key person to this, this whole organization. Everybody here is a key person. And I said, you add value. I said, he said, well, I don't want to be a boss. I said, well, you don't have to be a boss. But you can be a leader. See, you can be the best janitor. And, and I do this in my leadership. I say, you can look up, you can Google best ways. How do you, oh, I forgot what I put in the, in Google, but I said, how to be the best janitor you can be, basically. Oh, I get, you know how you can bring up 47 pages of places to go look and you can find out here's the best chemicals for this. Here's the best way to clean a mirror. Here's the best way to clean a floor. Here's the best way to clean up. And all of a sudden makes your job so much easier. And all of a sudden you become an example. And when mm. you become an example, a good example, you're automatically a leader. People start looking at you. People in the other janitors and stuff start looking and say, how'd you do that? How'd you, how'd you, they'd ask me, how'd you bend those concentric angles in the pipe and stuff like that and make them all look good, you know, on the wall? You've seen electrical piping. And you think, wow, that looks cool. So I studied out and knew what to do. And it's, okay, great. Teach me how to do that. All of a sudden... You're not only a leader, you're a teacher. Yeah. It doesn't matter what job you are, what job you do. You can always be a leader. And good, successful organizations are looking for leaders in every field that can help motivate and inspire everyone they touch in their fields. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I love that because you you really said lead by example. And, and first, to really do your best at everything that you do, no matter what it is, as long as we show up and we do our best, that is, is really being a benefit to ourselves and to everything and everyone around us. That's true. That's true. Being a leader is, is perfect. And they say, well, it's too much responsibility. No, responsibility is inherent if you become the best you that you can be. You've heard that statement before. Just be the best you you can be. You don't have don't compare yourself with somebody else. Be the best you you can be. And all of a sudden, you're not having to take on all this responsibility. It's just if you're the best you and people like what you do, you become that example, and it's easy to share what you do with everybody yeah. around you. And it's just really nice. 
you were talking well, about it in this book. See that yeah. you're talking about the ships behind me. I got a whole yeah. wall of plates of ships and stuff back there. I love tall ships. And they said, why did you put this on your book? And I said, did you ever realize the powerful, the power within these old tall sailing ships? I said, for one, that ship can only move forward. They don't have a back. They don't have a reverse. They can only move mm. forward. And when you fill those sails full of the wind and the, the, the power of the wind, it's just enormous. And the way they had those sails away. Plus, there's only one leader on that ship. It's at the helm, and that's the captain. He's steering the ship. But everybody else on that ship is so important. You know how much coordination it takes to, to raise the main seal, to do, you know, to lower the jib, to do this and tie. It took enormous amount of teamwork. And they better know what they're doing. So that's why I use leadership. You know, that's why I love the tall ship as, as a leadership guideline. I, I love tall ships and what they stand for. Yeah, and you're you're right. Absolutely. I think that having that understanding of the amount of work that it takes in order to accomplish the one goal, the one thing that everybody is trying to obtain. If, if you ever looked at a, a pocket watch, the old pocket watches, have you ever looked at the inside of a watch? And a, yeah. a lot of the younger kids haven't, but they are. It's a, it's a beautiful metric. All these gears and tiny things. Because I, I did, oh, I'm just a tiny cog in a wheel at this company. I'm not very important. I'm not, you know, mm. I just come here every day. I do my job, whatever that job is. Eh, go home. I said, no, you are a cog in the wheel. I said, but you know what? You're important. You have value. Don't forget you have value. I said, if you, if you're this one little cog in this watch, break that cog off. And that watch will run, 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 run. Perfect, perfect time, time until it gets to that one cog and you're not there. The watch will stop. Yeah. So everyone in this in your corporation has importance. It has, you have value. And I, I say, have you ever walked up to a company where you walk up, you're parked in the parking lot, there's cracks all over the cement, grass growing all over the weeds and stuff. You walk up, you pull the handle on the door, it's loose and, you know, mm. you walk in and the person at the desk says, yeah, can I help you? You know, yeah. are you going to do business with that company? Everybody, including the landscape guy, the parking lot, attack, whoever's on, in charge of that, the maintenance that keeps that building running, the, the, the people that greet you at the front door, all the way up through that chain. You are an important person to that company. And without you, that company will fail if you don't do your best. Period. That's a beautiful message. You're right. Absolutely. It all has to go into the work of every single one of us to doing our best in order to make things around us beautiful to shine. And it just, it, it catches on fire. It's like one, one peg goes down and the rest of us follow. So Is that just Fred, you talk about uh, senior citizens and treasured senior citizens, and you have a lot of work that you conduct within the servitude of that area with those people. Tell me, what is some of your experience? What's some of the most profound things that you have taken away from inspiring those around you? Oh, gosh. It, you know, you talk about a reward system. 
these, these people, they will make you feel so, so good. If, if you do a good job for them, they will, they will effervesce over you. And I tell you what, God's given me a blessing to be able to do this. And the blessing is the, the accolades I get, from, the feelings and the remarks I get, because what I've done is changed their attitude. And I know that they're going to be a little bit better off because of the way they talk to me and the way they do. And a lot of times they do repeat forms. I do, I do like, I'll do one month. I'll do like uh, gratitude with an attitude. November is coming up. I'm doing a lot of gratitude with an attitude around Thanksgiving. And then mm -hmm. uh, the next month I'll do something else. But I had done health with an attitude maybe two, two months before. And I go there and, and several of them will come up. You know what, Fred? I start doing that when I get up in the morning and my knee has been hurting me. And I start talking to it. And I start to do self. And you know what? You know, I, I'm my, I'm walking better. I'm feeling better. I'm doing this. And I think I touch. I can't touch everyone. I can't change everybody's attitude, but I can change somebody's attitude. And every time I change one person's attitude, ah, that's success. That's success. Those are that's what I get from what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Fred, you have been incredible to be on the show. I love your attitude. And so thank you so much for being a beautiful guest here on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Is there anything else that you want to share with our audience today? Yes. Yeah. One, one, one last thing that I'd really like to close with. And that is, we talked about music earlier. I love being a performer. I love being on stage. I love doing songs. I love singing. When I do, I do three different concerts right now. I do a tribute to Elvis. I do a tribute to Buddy Holly. And I do a, 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 an hour work that's called Little Vegas. It's called, you know, Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and then Elvis Presley and things. But the All the greatness. Yeah, the, the, the Vegas shows. And as I'm singing to these people, these seniors, they start, they remember the song. There's, the greatest gift is I do a lot with memory care centers where they have a lot of memory issues and dementia. Mm -hmm. What happens is they have, they have this blaze look, they're sitting there with us like, oh. and then you start singing some of these songs. All of a sudden, there's a focus point in their eyes. You can see their eyes kind of hone in, start mouthing the words. Yeah. And, and you know that you've given that person, whether it's just for the hour that I'm singing there, that person, that glimmer of, of reality, that glimmer of they know where they are, they know what they're doing, they have memories of that song or whatever was going on in their mind. You know there is a connection right there, and they're out of that fog for just a little while. And uh, uh, that is a gift to me. They just, they give me a, a great gift by, sh by just looking at that look in their face. What a, what a gift. Yeah, it is. And I have seen that look. I, I can relate to that. I know that feeling of what that's like and how moving it is when somebody is gone. I kind of grew up in nursing centers, believe it or mm. not, my Mom wow. was a nurse. Uh, she still is. And so I spent a Thank lot you. of time. Yeah, she's she's wonderful. She's so caring and loving and really uh, serves so many people more outside of herself, too. But she really inspired me and my brother to to care for elderly, to listen to, to learn from, you know, mm. despite the state that they're in at that time. 
And so it was very impactful. Some of the things when you start engaging with and you start listening to and you start speaking to, and it's a beautiful thing. So thank you for being that for others, for your community. That is such a great message. And I hope that other people listen to that message and really get involved with their family and others because you can learn a lot. And it does feel so good to be able to be that impact for others in our life. So I want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you, Fred. And you say that you are on LinkedIn a lot. That's really where you communicate the most with people. So make sure you find Fred at his handle, at Fred uh, Kynel. I'm not saying it right again at all. <laughs> Kinley, that's okay. So I say Kinley. you can call me anything but late for dinner. <laughs> I love that. You said that at the beginning. Again, I love your sense of humor. Thank you for holding space for me and all my flaws. And so I want to make sure that everybody knows where to find you. It is also in the description below. You can always find out the information about the incredible guests that we have on the show here at the Wellness Driven Life Show. And I want to say thank you so much for those of you who are tuning in and listening to the replays. Your support is huge. So glad that we can give you inspiring information and stories from our guests. So Thank you again, Fred, for being our guest on the Wellness Driven Life Show. It was an honor. It was an honor being on your show. You are gracious. Well, I told you before, you make your guests feel so comfortable. And uh, it's just, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. All right, everyone. Goodbye for now. And we will see you later. Okay, bye, all. Thanks. <laughs>